Hello, everyone. Welcome to Season 9, Episode 5 of Euphoria, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, yada, 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 yada. You the most the important stuff. thing, Cajal is here as always, but even more important than that, we are joined by the most successful Western player in the history of hey, League who? of Legends. You're the most successful Western player yeah, in history. You are. <laughs> wow. So you were the most successful. <laughs> Look at that smile. Again, I'll say it again. You were the most successful. People will argue best. I, I think you're like at at worst top three on the best Western player of all times. Top two. How could you? I'm just. <laughs> but most successful is undebatable. People, people can. I'm gonna get like a million true, comments yeah, about yeah. like, no, this guy's technically the goat. Like, well, I don't, I'm not. I say you're the goat. Welcome. How, how, what's what's life of the goat like right now? How, how's it being back I in mean, Berlin? I just eat some grass. <laughs> that's like you knew he was gonna say that. <laughs> yeah, just some, some grass in the morning, you know, uh, some like broccoli sometimes, you know, yeah, yeah. some, some goat milk. You know, yeah. <laughs> Faker and perks both eat broccoli. Yeah. Bro, chilling. Bro. That's the secret to success. Eat your veggies, kids. Um, yeah, welcome, dude. We're gonna talk about a lot of stuff this week. Uh, week four, everything that happened in week four. We'll assign another euphoria mvp with the help of perks unsurprisingly we're going to talk about you uh and we'll talk a little bit about week five as well there's some banging mashups coming up in the meantime though some shit has been going down in na that we have to talk about before we talk about the before EU, we yeah. talk about eu which i know might sound odd so we can start with the church or we can start with the q it's your choice cajal you can you can let's go q into church q into church q into church champions q has come out seems to be universally loved if you don't know this it's like na made a specific server i guess in la with mm -hmm. limited access um so finally people in la can play on 20 ping um did you did you leave at the wrong time luca do you wish you were there for the 20 ping server um no <laughs> i mean uh i'm just a little bit skeptical about it yeah uh, because I feel like it's great in the beginning. Yeah. Of course. Sure. Like, mm. Surely it's going to be great in the beginning. But let's give it one month and see if they're going to allow their queue times. Then I'm just going to be curious, you know? Like, yeah. basically, I'm a bit skeptical because. I will also yeah. say that I think the idea, right, is to get like really good, sick, viable practice. But I, I tuned into one stream. It was Poe Belter stream, and enemy Scion was whole. <laughs> enemy top laner was whole breacher Scion, just <laughs> internally split pushing. And I was like, it's called Bows's uh, yeah, stream. I on was a literally going to say it's like they still have the Bows in their perfect champions queue. Yeah. Not that the Bows isn't a champion, but maybe not um, the pinnacle of viable competitive strategies. So. Yeah, we'll see. People seem happy for now, though. I mean, for yeah. those of you who don't know, it's four hundred thousand dollars prize pool uh, across the entire year, um, and it's kind of invite only. I guess the. I mean, the that is actually. I think that is. The, I guess the incentive to keep playing right yeah. the whole year. So I think mm -hmm. that okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's not, it's not going to die out. I think the rank one gets around sixty thousand dollars or something, which is sick. Which is nuts if you think about it. I think the only things that Riot have tried for high low solo queue players in the past has been backpacks, jackets, and a medal. $60,000, hey, I'll take that any day. Just grinding solo queue nonstop on queue. Um, yeah, it's invite only. I think the best thing about invite only is no one can be an asshole. Because yeah, it, sure. The, it's such a limited pool of people that if one person is sticking out like a sore thumb, everyone's like, can we, you know, can we kick this guy? Like, what, what's he it's doing? True, yeah. Uh -huh. I mean, it sounds kind of good, yeah. Sounds like really insane on the... And in theory, right? In theory, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that the big thing is I saw that everyone was in five-stack Discord comms, which I think is really cool. That's my, probably one of my favorite parts about it. Because my concern would be... If your goal is to get the best competitive practice possible, but there's like a 60k prize for who's ever rank one, you're just like super incentivized to do whatever like cheesy bullshit's gonna win you games. Like, 
uh, not to drag anybody here, but Zillion Mid seem to have got Magic Felix <laughs> right to the top of the ladder and may have also gotten your butt into Challenger or almost <laughs> Challenger. Actually, so, like, <laughs> Perks got me as well up there as well. His Irelia was nuts yesterday or the day before. Absolute, absolute Bombay 9 machine. Dude, you can't spoon feed yeah. him. I'm not telling you to grief him, but, like, don't just let him, don't let him have it for free, Luca. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, I was kind of griefing the game until I wasn't, I guess. <laughs> they just popped off. But the Champions queue has its own website, its own ladder, its own ranking system. There's a match history you can look at. I'm looking at it right now. I'm seeing Ivan Mids everywhere. Uh, just to put it out, I'm seeing Kane tops. So people are still having like a couple test champions going on, you know, yeah, like yeah, they're yeah, trying yeah, to figure yeah. things out. But yeah, I think the motivation to win is always there when there's like a prize pool behind it, which is cool. Since so, speaking of Iron Mid, C9's brand new slash not so new mid laner, role swapping in Fudge playing Soraka, Ivern. How do you how do you feel when you watch games of like Soraka versus Victor, Ivern versus Victor? Are you like, wow, this is some big brain stuff? I want to try it. Or are you like, oh my god, this looks so miserable, so unfun? Uh, I mean, I actually enjoy playing supports and like I, I have like a little bit of fun in it as well. Mm -hmm. um, so definitely something that if they keep having success with, I will be probably playing as well, right? Because I do want to win, you know, and I'm open-minded to the new stuff. Uh, but as of right now, like looking at their last game versus uh, EG, mm -hmm. was it thing, I think? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was more like shocked by how badly was the enemy victor playing mm -hmm. and his choice of like runes and items and everything basically i feel like if that victor goes like ghost and just starts like doran's ring or like whatever you know even dark yeah. seal whatever just farms and goes like 10 cs per minute he had like 30 cs a minute five and then he had like 180 cs a minute 20 i think a minute 20 he should be like 250 cs like not even joking you know and he should be like three items the fastest in the game because he has the most free lane and he will automatically flame Horizon Soraka. And imagine three items Victor with Ghost and Flesh. Yeah. I if I'm Victor, I'm pretty confident in like bombing eyeing that game. Like uh like honestly. So I'm not like I could be wrong as well, but sure. I, until somebody plays really good against it and loses, yeah, I will not be convinced, you know what I mean? You're it's, more convinced that it's like skill yeah. gap than it is chain yes, gap. Yes, I yeah, think yeah, so. Yeah. Is the ghost because you have a free lane or is it because... Yeah, it's because you have free lane and also counters mm -hmm. all up, right? Yeah, so, definitely. So you can just, I mean, it's just like you have free lane and ghost is just so open in teamfights. Like mm -hmm. you get one kill, you are victor, they're not running away from you. Like, trust me, yeah. How yeah. do you feel about, um, before we talk about LEC, how do you feel about mid lane summoner spells right now? Because it literally only used to be flash TP. I think we had one TP, we had two TP ignite games last season. Well, you were in LA. Caps played two TP Ignite one games, and we had like maybe four Flash Ignite games. And now it's like 80% TP and 20% other stuff, which doesn't sound like a big shift, but it used to be like 97%. Do you think it's like mm -hmm. with the nerfs to TP, like is Ghost still a situational option? Is there one best summoner spell for mid lane? Like I mean, used to be? Uh, if I have to say, I think TP is still the best uh, spell for mid lane. Uh, you can consider using other spells, um, but. I do feel like you're kind of putting your team at a disadvantage without using TP mm -hmm. because the mid-game macro is just so much harder to play without TP. Or, sorry, it's so much easier to play against enemy team when you know enemy mid doesn't have TP. Yeah. Like for all the noobs watching here, like basically if your mid laner has Ignite or Ghost, they go on that side of the lane and you know that enemy is going to play towards him. So you can easily make crossman plays. So if you have one guy defending with TP or you can basically double TP can make crossman plays can make defending plays, the other team just has to trade the whole time, like basically, which is not always bad. Yeah. But you have to, basically you force your team in a specific way of playing the game. Mm -hmm. And it's not even about yourself. It's more about everyone else has to adapt playing around you. So I don't think 
it's still the most viable. Uh, I do think you can get away with it sometimes, and sometimes it's quite good. Uh, so I do like that that you have a bit more versatility, kind of. But I don't think it changes the the big picture. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, because normally the way the game works, I think it's completely right. It's like, you know, if they have Ignite on a side lane, they have to play for him because he can't yeah. join his team in the first place. So you know exactly which side they're playing to. And you can use, you can cross map and then use your double TP to defend your side and you trade ahead basically, right? So um, makes a lot of sense. I guess the only champions normally with Ignite and things like this is like Yasuo. Yeah, I think LeBlanc, Yasuo, you want to use Ignite. Kill pressure. Um, because yeah, yeah, you kind of need it, I feel like. Um, you took it on Vex and I know that lane was kind of rough. But yeah, like I mean, that was like really troll. Uh, because like I was just experimenting that time mm -hmm. as well because mm -hmm. I thought maybe I can get like solo kill pressure but because CSTP like if an enemy is not boosted like because I was actually like I was uh, I only like two pots to his zero yeah. and then I just didn't get a base off so like I really trolled my like I should have like sucked sacked something and just get a base off yeah. but then I basically stayed in my lane for so long and then I ended up losing like 10-15 minions because I didn't get a base off earlier to lose like 4 minions so it was like my greed actually like got me really i mean or my tp you know you can take yeah, either yeah, yeah. and I was, after that i was like you. i mean i won't take you know yeah i won't take the uh not tp anymore interesting yeah i mean frankly like i don't know i i think new tp is obviously it's just much more boring than old tp like we just lack a lot of the high fee early game plays so mm -hmm. i kind of wanted it to like disappear and we get a bit more combat sums but even like getting a ghost in mid lane or getting an ignite in mid lane doesn't mean we're going to see people 1v1 killing each other in mid lane that much more yeah i, I mean i think the the game has just evolved you know like yeah. also like and the champions are not as like the mid lane champions are not like as powerful as they used to be like i, I mean i think mid lane is still a very strong role yeah but it's just like the champion itself like before it was like atrox aurelia akali super super broken uh last yeah. year akali silas uh then yeah. like the last two years were just tp meta basically like hard tp meta but before that it was like you could solo kill others you know you could like on not to not talk about the days before you know of zed you know yeah, yeah, or yeah, like yeah. stuff like that <laughs> right yeah, the good old season nine, and season yeah. eight days where it was like first pick Aurelia, ban Aurelia, these kind of things. But removing TP, I think Faker said in an interview, it's like he said, well, the game's just slower because you've removed more variables from the game. So there's less things to think about, right? Yes. So one yes. easy strat was just early gank top, get top TP advantage, play for bots, right? Very simple, good Drake, good dive bot, but you don't really have to worry about that anymore. Top is just in isolation a lot more. Yeah, and you brought this up in the interview that you did with Ashley for Karaiz, and you were talking about how like bots can just brain off infinitely push once they have a lead because they literally don't have to think even a little bit about tp wards about like yeah. surprise ganks it's like i mean it's, I, I think that's it makes like it's there's pros and cons to everything right it's not just black and white like i think yeah. like the pro the pros are that you have to be better at laning now mm -hmm. and for example like you can't just turbo hard grief first three levels and then tp on a minion and still be in good situation yeah. now if you actually hurt hard grief first two levels first and then it can get the push out mm -hmm. And you TP to your turret and then it saves TP and gets a TP for next trade. Or basically he just like TPs on a free, like let's say you are picking up your lane and an enemy gets the freeze. And then you have to TP to your turret to break the freeze and enemy can TP to his turret so he's much closer to his turret, right? So mm -hmm. he can actually hold the freeze potentially a bit longer or threaten some ganks or something. Like it just, I, I like it in that sense because it yeah. makes laning more skilled and I can feel like it's so much easier to get lane advantages nowadays than like last year. And that's why I'm focusing on it a bit more as well, right? But the fact that like you can't TP anywhere else until 14 minutes, I think that's kind of bullshit, right? Because it's just like, I, I feel like it would be even, even like fine if they put it to like 10 minutes or something, you know, like make yeah. the game a bit more faster, a bit sooner, right? It's kind of like if you remove like crabs, for example, you know, 
there's less things to really think about or fight over or try to contest. You know, you don't really need to get TP advantage or maybe your TP advantage is never really going to go to another lane. There's less and less variables in the game, for example. So I think pushing TP back to 10 minutes would be great or removing it, you know, so, you know, it's a bit more Armageddon. Okay, I I don't mind the Armageddon, (laughs) but I do like that you get to highlight the lane discrepancies more because I do do feel a lot, especially like when we had the like everyone TP's bot days, it was just... It was funny... But also, but also like, I no one really ever laned 2 Because you right? watch Fnatic's games and it's like, there's a ward behind bot lane every game. And level 3, <laughs> no matter what happens, you're either getting dove or you're getting TP'd on on your like, stacking yeah. wave. Um, yeah. But yeah, I also, the TPing Dominions things also seem strong. I wonder if they'll like roll it back and like enable it so you can TP to ward sooner. Or maybe, maybe just take out TPing Dominions altogether. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe they keep it the same. I don't know how it, it, comp is obviously different than solo queue. But now shifting our attention to week 4, uh, one of my favorite games this week was this absolute banger between Astralis and Team Vitality, where at 14 <laughs> minutes, Astralis were 3,600 gold in the lead. You won that game somehow. Like, what what actually happened? Talk to me about that game. Like, how is it from your perspective? Because it was, um, I was actually stunned that you won. After, like, I was stunned first that Vitality got that far ahead, but then I was really blown away that you guys actually managed to pull it back. So what happened? Um, I mean basically like usually i always lose like the zero eight team or the un- classic the giants back I- in the I day lost, like, yeah. yeah or i lost like FlyQuest academy last year so i always do that <laughs> so i think it's it, i thought it was me uh so basically i decided to keep up my normal routine even though they're zero eight and go to gym and you know get pumped a bit before the game and like be ready to like win the game you know because i don't want to lose them really and uh, I think not all of us were on the same page. <laughs> uh, so I think we just didn't really dis- uh, respect enemy move timers. And like Leona was roaming the first round top, for example, on like a really bad bot wave. But it's like, you know, the saying, be very man of with nothing to lose, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's like, he doesn't give a shit, you know, he just wants to like do some crazy plays. And the round top was honestly not even good because Leasing could just cover dive in case even they, they want to dive mm-hmm. and enemy gene would be losing much more than we would be losing top basically yeah. but it was really really good because we didn't anticipate it fast enough um like we did say she was missing for a long time but it's like it wasn't really clear where she was right yeah and then we just faced a tribush and then top dies and then the next play was like also uh the overextend uh it was supposed to be a fast play but core yeah. package so they overextended and then the die as well so i think like uh just a bit of like maybe not enough communication from mm-hmm. our side or a bit of like lack of judgment from the top set boys <laughs> <laughs> yeah the top jungle were having a, a bit of a horror game uh but i think that we played well from behind and we are we were aware of what we have to do to win yeah and i think we kept just like i was like i don't just like <laughs> is going on like uh, we're not gonna lose this team right <laughs> right guys you know so, right <laughs> i was thinking that to myself uh I, I was just like basically focused on my play mm-hmm. and i think yeah i think karzi was uh, playing really well as well and yeah. he was uh having a little good impact in the comms as well so i think since um he was lifting up the mood as well uh i was very confident even in the game i mean i just kind of knew i had to make no mistakes mm-hmm. in order to win the game though because i felt like oh if i die once the game is just insta over basically uh so i was playing very reserved and just trying to farm up and carry basically yeah when it came down to those final moments do you feel like they had the tools to win the game and then they kind of just over pushed into you because i remember you had the orion shockwave where you one shot someone on the team i want to say white jace. Knight. yeah jace you once shot the jace, jace. Yeah. and then you had you guys obviously also had the steel which i think was 
your alti with Lee Sin Q over the yeah. wall. It's like the classic steal, basically. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I don't even I don't even know if they could end the game there mm-hmm. when I kill Jace because it, it's easier for me to defend at Nexus turrets anyways than it is that I can burst because just shock with the with the minions. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think the game was over even if I didn't kill a Jace, even though it made it like I guess much more hype that I got a kill. You know. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I mean that was like the fight was kind of crazy though because they were like running it, mm-hmm. but then like quirky package just actually just killed like. <laughs> two people it's like so that that was like that, i mean that was actually like because yeah, i feel even had like blood thirst and overheal yeah, uh, yeah, yeah and it was like he just got one shot uh, so it was like really shocking um but yeah i mean uh i think we ha- we kind of knew what we had to do given the situation to win the game surely against a harder uh, better team yeah, yeah playing against the fed corky and jace we would have probably yeah. lost like yeah. probably but i think we did take the right decisions in the mm-hmm. mid game and knew okay we had to fight them you know we ha- we have to just fight and whatever happens happens because if we get poked we will lose right so surely baron still was the reason why we didn't lose the game mm-hmm. but i think our decisions were the reason why we won the game so i'm still like i win as i win right we have to get every doubt you know yeah every doubt counts so yeah mm. Do you do you feel like the everyone counts mindset is that is that always the way things are or do you feel like that feels more important for you right now because of like the rough week one and I think how close the standings are definitely feels more important because of the rough week one but even regardless of that I think that should be the right mindset right like sure. as I mentioned I did like drop so many games before to weaker opponents and I don't think that's something that a top team should want to strive for you know I I don't think that every win matters and every opponent is. Like, you know, to be respected in each way, right? So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I also think something you said there is so correct that people kind of overlook around the game when, when you're losing the game and you're against something like Corky, Jace, Jin, you know, if they set up for a siege and they poke you out it's an objective, like so hard. it's over. Yeah. So a lot of the times when teams go in and they fight, yes, their chance of winning the fight might be 30-40% because they're behind. But if they win the fight, they're back in the game. But if they don't take the fight in the first place, they can never get back in the game. Yeah. So a lot of times when you see these games, these teams will go in and all die. And it's kind of funny because watch them die and the game's over faster. But the, the point is, if they actually don't do it, the game is even, yeah. it's just completely over. I think it's really interesting because you see this in a lot of games too. I think it's most apparent in esports more often than not. Um, but like there's, there's a definitely a difference between playing to win and playing not to lose. Like you see so many teams with like a control mate, Oriana, you talked about this. You could just sit back and shockwave minions. And I think that's playing not to lose. You're just playing to survive, hoping that there's going to be a better opportunity at some point. But at some point, I feel like if you're behind and the enemy doesn't grief it, you always have to take one of those high-risk plays. And I really respect teams that can make the right decision in the moment because you are going to look like an idiot half the time. When, you play, when you're playing to win in a deficit, it means, I think, risking something more often than not, unless yeah. you're waiting for some like late-game jinx crap and the enemy team doesn't <coughs> scale well, you know? Yeah, it has to be like, I think mistakes can be obvious to the human eye, depending on how much you know about the game. So for example, if they're diving on your tier threes and you're playing to just clear waves, it's very obvious that they're the ones making the mistake. But when you set up for like a dragon fight and someone just mispositions in a snap second, you engage on it. It's very hard to the human eye to just see that it's a mistake or if it's just, you know, like reaction time of your team just realizing, damn, he just misstepped for one second, just go. Um, I think the Mickey XL Drake fight was one of them where he just instantly goes over the wall, instantly gets onto Humanoid, dies, pops him, fights one from there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I mean, there's the, definitely the little things. Luca, in your eyes, um, you kind of already talked about how you felt like maybe you guys, or maybe top side at least, wasn't super respectful of the potential roam there. But in, in general, do you think, do you look at this game? Do you think Astralis are improving as a team? Do you think Astralis are a team that are going to eventually start taking wins based on what they showed versus you? Or do you, really, or do you think it's mostly comes down to you guys just playing a little disrespectful or making a couple mistakes and that getting out of control 
Nah, hard to say. I mean, I don't have a comment for that. Really hard yeah. to say. Like, especially when you're zero nine. I mean, I think they will for sure win some games because, mm. like, you just, you just don't go zero eighteen. You know, I just I didn't want to be the team that like loses to them. Like, when they have nothing to lose, you know, it's like actually easier to win. You know, yeah. They know, okay, we can't be close anymore. You know, or something like that. It's like yeah. we could take wins now. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll just have to see what happens. Um, hopefully, it's a sign of positive things to come for Astralis. The fact that they were able to to fight back against you guys to a certain degree. But shifting attention over to G2 Esports, former brothers, narrative, 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 narrative. Uh, interesting week for them. Win over BDS, loss versus Rogue. Loss versus Rogue with uh, a turbo draft. Mickey X said it was like 100% G2 win because they got TF. They got everything that they could want on the G2 side. And then it just didn't work. I don't know if you remember this game very, very clearly, either of you. But I have the, I do, yeah. Yeah, at yeah. the draft. It was a Kali top, Leeson, TF, Zeri, Nautilus. Yeah. And then Rogue had like this action top, which was like the point of weakness you know it's it, like they yeah. have a kali tf surely this action will die it didn't the action never died <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't actually just plays vixen even with action he's just that good i don't, <laughs> I don't know i don't know man. that's nuts so what's what's like what's the read on g2 esports here because i i was very convinced by mickey after we had him on the desk he's like this draft there's no way to lose with this draft and then rogue won anyway so i'm not sure if this should be like a damn rogue are so insane because obviously they're undefeated and that's excellent it's still best of one but I'm trying to. What's what's the actual takeaway you think from this this game versus Rogue? Uh, it's it's hard to say because I think that all of G2's options were topside, but they never really found anything. They were playing a lot through mid, and Trimby was always there first. Mm-hmm. And then the second Larson got this like solo kill onto Caps with Trimby behind him. I think mid is just over, and then TF can never go anywhere. Um, and then the only real options you have is on the Herald fight if Akshan mispositions coming from topside, and you can maybe catch him and then go towards the bot side afterwards. That didn't happen either. Odwamne was. I don't know if their communication is just so good, but he was having the push early when his jungle was topside. His jungle's not uh, topside anymore. He's like chilling under his tower and stuff. His jungler was actually really griefing the game. I remember now. Like Malarang was like, I know he's like the MVP or something, but he was yeah, really yeah. running it at the game and he was playing, taking really bad decisions, I think. So like top was much harder than it should have been. And Odano was still winning it. I mean, obviously the match are pride, but mm-hmm. I think he, he toyed the line with enemy jungle and mid like pretty well the whole game. Mm. I think I was actually pretty... Uh, impressed by Otto's performance, right? Like, I mean, they didn't even go top, you know. They yeah, even, yeah, like yeah. sacked him and let him let him take the turret. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I remember with Mauerang's like mid gank. He like our flash failed, but then it still worked out because like Yankos went in and died, and then Caps tried to help and he died trying to ult away. Jinx rocket hit him. It was, it's just like such an unfortunate series of events where you lose TF ult, you lose your mid jungle sums, and you give over two kills. And then it's like, oh, yeah, well, that, that was, yeah. shit, you know, like, <laughs> what's the plan now, boys? <laughs> yeah, dang. It's a good call out on the Maorang stuff. I'm gonna, now I want to watch that back. Because to me, it was just like, he. De- I saw like the mechanical mistakes in the mid lane, but then it just like all worked out. And it was like, yeah. damn, how are they? How is, yeah. how is, like, I think Yankos was up in XP too when he went in the mid lane gang too. Yeah, and then this, this action had like Merc Treads wit send or something against Akali TF. And it was like, well, now he's kind of tanky, I guess. And then they never really ulted top. Uh, I felt like Odawamne did very Like he did very well in the context of lane, but it was just like ultimately, it was just like the quirky, quirky power. Maybe it's just a five head bait where it's like he picks action. So all of G2 are like, yeah, let's play top side. Let's play top. Let's get this action behind. He just plays weak side so well. And Larson just comes and carries the game with his quirky. Yeah. Takes his mid towers all the time. The crazy play. The demolished Corky again. He did it against Sona. Demolished Corky took his tower with Rift Herald in like ten minutes. I think they also got mid tier one pretty early as well this game. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I certainly like it. Um, any any thoughts on this on this G two roster as a whole? Perks, you've been on a lot of a lot of G two roster. <laughs> 
read on it. I'm not trying to get you to talk any kind of shit for the record. I'm no, just just yeah, just, just yeah, thoughts yeah. generally. Yeah. I mean, I still think they're a pretty good team. Mm. Uh, like decent. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I don't think anyone in Europe is actually a pretty good team besides maybe Rogue right now. Yeah. I think Rogue is actually a pretty good team. Yeah, yeah. I think everyone else is not really a team yet. Um, I don't think they have like strong top set players, but I think there is like a lot of EU teams with, like strong top set players, and mm-hmm. I don't think their top set is like uh, standing out compared to like let's say the other top three top four teams um i think their bottom is just um not super strong or like scary yeah um that's usually like the how is it called the issue in a team where if you have a specific threats and Mm -hmm. specific people that are not threats um that's why you don't need like threats in multiple roles i feel like and Broken Blade seems to play to be able to play only carries for yeah. like basically his whole career. Um, so you kind of know that they're going to play a carry, and he's pretty good at them. And he has a versatile champion pool, so I think um, he's like pretty. He's a pretty strong point. Um, but I don't know if he can like if he's that good that he can like take advantage of the other top players. Basically, yeah. you know what I mean. Like I think he's pretty good. He's quite good. But is it that good? And then you know that basically they won't play towards the bot lane. Like mm-hmm. they won't pick like a, I don't know, Cyan, Gragos, Orn and do that, you know? Um, so I think Caps and Yankos are pretty good still, right? Players. Um, so I, I would say they're like top four for sure. Um, and a good opponent to play against. Yeah. Just like not, I don't know. Uh, it's like the G2 days are over. You know yeah, yeah, I mean, right? for, it doesn't yeah. stand out. Yeah, 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 yeah. like you, you don't think of, uh, I mean, they're still like a good team. Yeah, yeah. And not like an easy opponent, but it's not like. Uh, they're not like the G2 team I or mean, like the second coming I think of 2019. G2, G2 just won't be G2 again. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, because yeah. like, I was in G2 and I would hear other people sp- speak about us. It was yeah. like. It's kind of how fans perceive us as well, like other pro players, you know. Yeah. So um, I I don't I feel like everyone has this kind of image of G two mm-hmm. in a way. Um, so I think everyone has to like kind of like lower the standard or the yeah. image, right? In a in a bit of a way, and expect like basically like you know be really really happy if they actually win the split, you know. For example, yeah. like as, instead of like oh, it don't win the split, you know, it's like a hard. I mean, I don't know how, I actually don't know how people perceive them or not, you know, but yeah. uh, basically just giving how it should be, right? Yeah, I I, guess it's like when you hear the name, you expect them to be winning the split, but sure. when you dig deeper and just, you know. Well, yeah, and I mean, like, regardless, you gotta give them, cut them a little bit of slack because it's a new roster, but also it's a new roster. It's not like... Yeah, the, but they, they have also been screaming since September. Like, I've screamed with them with C9, you know? Yeah, already. yeah, So it's, it's like... Oh, yeah, it's, they were screaming during that, Worlds. I think they're they? screaming for a very long time. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I don't think they're, like, in honeymoon phase, you know? Sure. Uh, so uh, I think they also got a little bit unlucky because of COVID as sure. well, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Uh, It feels, feels like, like everybody, like, different week, different team. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I think the big thing for me is, like, yeah, I, I agree completely. I think if they do achieve something, like... Even finals, honestly, with this roster, I think is a huge achievement. And I hope that G2 fans and LEC fans in general give them that credit. And it's not just like, a, well, you're G2, you should have won. Yeah. Um, but that said, I I, I want to see what happens with Flackett and Targamus. We're seeing a lot of Senna games, and it makes sense, again, if, if Broken Blade's playing carries. But with Senna Nurse coming in this patch, I'm wondering, like, what does it look like now? 
What is it? What is the team? How is the team going to function? Do we mm. get more spicy targetless picks? But in the meantime, feels like G two tie for second right now. Definitely not a bad start. Um, Pretty good, yeah. Yeah, good definitely good, yeah. the tie with Fnatic, right? Yeah, I think it's Rogue Fnatic G two and then Rogue Fnatic G two and then got the, the Mad Vitality tie for fifth. I think. Yeah, yeah, fourth, fifth. Yep, yep, yep. yep okay, yep. shaping Mad up. Mad Misfits Vitality. Three way. I saw your tweet where it was like, uh, if we didn't go three in the super week, <laughs> we would be. Uh, I mean, like, we would be second place. Like, for, for me, for me, I actually like, I, I don't know, like, I don't even count the super. You know, like, how do I say, like, in my eyes, it never happened. It, it well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it actually, like, it didn't like. It's like a way to cope as well, but it's also like partially true because we were really sick and I had a literally like a fever the night before, yeah, and yeah. I couldn't sleep as well at all, and we weren't even together. So it's like to me, it just seemed so troll and mm-hmm. unreal that it's like. I don't even believe that what this happened will determine how we are or where we are. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I refuse to believe that this is like going to determine our splits. So I just go in with that mindset to moving be, forward. Right? Yeah. To be honest, it's hard because like it's not like a troll game in week eight, right? Where yeah. it's like everyone's playing Shaco top or whatever. But if it, I wish, I kind of almost wish it was so we could just cut that out of your stats. Because, like, when you look at your team, when you want to talk about your team, we have to keep those useless ass week one stats. Yeah. And I don't want to give you, and, I, and like, if fans are frustrated with you or whatever, I get it. But, like, it's hard because we didn't really get to see your team play until week two. That's how it feels to me. And I think yeah. that's how it feels to a lot of people. Mm. And that's what I want to use to set expectations. But also at the same time, I don't like it's, I think, as. I don't think fans should be like, okay, free pass. But in this context, you guys are ill. It's first team is a week. And you play, if you didn't play completely different in week two, if it was still kind of messy in week two, I think it'd be harder for me to be like, yeah, I agree with you. But you guys, you guys did. You showed up big in week two. It's been pretty consistent since I mean, then. I don't think we were like great or something, but I just think that the week one is like completely like not what we were just we a, are, yeah. literally yeah. a different team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. You know, both inside and outside the game, right? Yeah. By the sounds of it. Was, all, was the whole team mentality like yeah, that after we were, week I one? Mean, like as soon as like we are together, it feels like we're actually a team, right? Yeah. yeah. Playing from the same room. And it's just a big, like, I can't, I can't really explain it. Like, it's a big shift of. Uh, atmosphere and and the attitude you know and uh, excitement for the games as well mm. kind of and oh now we can finally practice together yeah um, so yeah that's good i mean i'm really happy that you guys are finally together in that and that the covid thing is over it's a giant obviously ongoing pain in the ass in so many ways um and it sucks when teams get hit by it specifically and it's not just the restrictions that are causing you problems but actually any illnesses themselves um, it's the logistics as well where like half the team gets hit and then they have to go away but then maybe the other half gets hit i mean and if has to be one waiting, person you know? on your team gets covid for whatever yeah. reason if that's an actual player and not a staff member i believe because i think it's probably easier to have staff members just like yeah i mean ideally like honestly like ideally like everyone gets covid at the same time so you don't have to like yeah worry and about that's, that you know feels like I mean? a bad thing to say yeah, but exactly ideally, yeah, 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 yeah but, exactly but, like, what i mean right? <laughs> like ideally we all like take it at the same time the same week yes exactly yeah. and then we just like fine for they us just take the it from there yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it's it's it sounds so troll and so disgusting but it's like in a way like it, it would be ideal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. You know, right after nobody getting COVID, just everybody at least having it at the same time. Yeah. Um, last team I want to talk about today is actually Rogue. Uh, just talked about this in the context of the G two match, but one of the thing, one of my questions about this lineup is, uh, and we said this a lot at the start of the season. On paper, this isn't the All Star Super Team lineup that I think was expected for you guys and expected for Fnatic. But right now they're clearly the best team, and you said they're well, they're a pretty good team. They're playing well as a team together, which a lot of things aren't. Like, what what do we think that the ceiling is 
And I guess what do you think the ceiling is first and foremost perks of, of this team? Like, where do you see them going? Is this in spring, at least title contenders? Is this a world's representative for EU? And I know that's looking super far out, but based on what you've seen, based on the names you've seen, is this like, is this going to be a consistent top team in Europe with these five players? Or is this just like a, they're doing well for now. Mm. It's whatever. It's always so hard to say. It's kind of like uh, on your intuition, right? Or like your mm-hmm. own personal opinion. Um, uh, but this rogue lineup kind of reminds me of like the 2018 Misfits summer, mm-hmm. where they were, where they like looked really really insane, and they went nine zero, right? And then they just instantly but, bombed. <laughs> no, but it's not about even like bombing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, they did bomb. Yeah, I don't know if this team will bomb or not. I'm not even saying that. It's just like when you look at. Um, from my perspective, again, I mean, look at the pl- as a player, like you, you count kind of the past achievements mm-hmm. as well, or like the past successes in playoffs yeah. and performances as well, and then on top of that, also like the threat of in, the, in each individual player, right? Which I think they have very good players, and I think one of the reasons why they are doing so good right now is because they did have a change mm-hmm. but they still kept the core kind of yeah the three uh i mean people can say whoever wants it, whoever is the core you know is the core but they kept three out of five yeah which play together for a bit and have the the basics you know of each lane top mid and bot so they just plugged in a jungler which could be a big flip and could be a disaster but end up being really great because yeah. the way Malang plays around them mm-hmm. he plays super good but he plays very selfish Selfless, sorry. Mm-hmm. Selfless, yeah. yeah <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. Very selfless. So everyone is falling to his play right now. Yep. But I do not think, and I don't even know if he thinks as a diamond jungler who is diamond junglers are known for the efficiency, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't think his play is very efficient. And I think he is burger flipping a lot of the plays. As a, as a from player perspective, I think some of his burger flips are pretty good flips. I yeah. think they're like 70 to 30 flips, you know, yeah, yeah. 80 to 20 flips. But he's flipping, uh, you know, even like the Herald start against us, you know, or like going bot. Like some, some, some plays he does, it's just like he does it because he knows it's good. And if enemy doesn't do anything about it, it's really good. But if enemy does something about it, oh, it actually turns bad. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Th- that's how I see him play right now. And uh i think the last game against you two was for sure the best game mm-hmm. and they looked actually like pretty pretty scary there right mm-hmm. um uh even like she's just so like, i have a lot of opinions about it you know mm-hmm. but it's like when i go into playoffs and i'm thinking okay i'm gonna play against rogue or i'm i'm looking to oh i'm gonna play against rogue i'm not like shit you know like i yeah. i don't i don't see i can't pinpoint a point of their team where i'm thinking oh they're going to be scary there for our team you know what i mean yeah, yeah, like yeah. both top mid jungle i don't think someone is going to be scary for our team whereas like some other players you know like you know g2 the mid jungle is pretty good mm-hmm. I, I have i mean they're like my former team is yeah, that so yeah, i have respect sure. for them you know uh fanatic obviously right good players as well um I, I, like i'll be looking more at like g2 fanatic still for yeah. playoffs rather than rogue but again, I could be proven terribly wrong, right? Maybe sure. they are actually just that good. Uh, this is just my... That's just your opinion. Yeah, my opinion, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're reading. You'll get another chance to play them in the regular season. I think the question that I have, I guess kind of for both of you uh, about Malrang, is that I get the like 70, 30 flips, 80, 20 flips. He takes a lot of risks. He's super selfless. He falls behind. Is this something that when you're preparing for a best of five is like easy to deal with if he keeps playing like this? Is it easier when you have all this time to prep for him? Or is 
is this play style always just kind of high risk, no matter how or uh, high risk, high reward for him, no matter how prepared you are for it? Hmm. I mean, if he's really, really, really good at the game, he just like completely switches his style in playoffs. Mm-hmm. But then it also requires like his team to play around as well. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't think jungle going twenty six down on average, a minute ten is gonna be good. Especially now that I'm thinking like also with the changes, item changes. I think like jungle's farming a bit more is also good. Mm-hmm. Um. So I mean, we will see, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those kind of. It's like one of those junglers where it's like he can't keep getting away with it, right? Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what you think. He yeah, can't yeah, yeah, keep yeah. getting away with it. Yeah. Surely it's gonna stop eventually. I mean, I guess you could say like playoff scouting. You can be like, well. Guys, this guy is just going to spam gank. You just need to track jungle somehow. Get early wards, maybe late invade, split the map. Something like this. I don't know. You can be creative mm-hmm. uh, to try and shut him down his early playstyle. But again, like Perk said, if he can flip the switch and change his playstyle to a more farming orientated, efficient pathing, then well, now you have no real like read or anything to go off because he can do whatever he wants. Yeah. Um, the weird thing to me about Rogue is, well, not weird, but the, the interesting thing is they always drop jungle to 4-5, worst case, and they'll always find something that can do some early game action. I think most mm-hmm. recently they'll drop it to 4-5, give over Lee since our bands, and then just pick Volley Bear or whatever. Um, so he's got a, or Trundle, you know, so he's going to find something to do something in the early game and that's what he's leaning towards the most. And it makes sense when his carries are playing Corky Jinx every game, right? Why would you even need to play a carry jungle when yeah, they're yeah. playing Corky Jinx? As long as they're stable, the game's probably in a fine state. It's interesting. And I wonder if that if that draft changes too as we go through more and more patches because that's the other thing about League of Legends, right? Is we could very well have some crazy patch where it's like nidally all the time again, you know, and we have to see more more farming, more focus on himself. Um, now we come to potentially a difficult discussion this week, which is Euphoria MVP. Perks, if you didn't know already, we gave one to Hillsang Week 1, Trimby Week 2, Maorang Week 3. Generally, it's easiest to think of teams that Drake have gone too That's my really bad drawing of Maorang. Um, a little bit of Photoshop going on in the other two. A little like bit of Photoshop it. going on in the other We're going like to go it. for drawings. We've voted for drawings from now on. So whoever wins this gets a bad drawing. The one with the most MVPs gets a prize. The one with the most MVP gets a prize, which we haven't decided. But also, I think we will get their cardboard cutout and we will replace the mutant perks reckless hybrid that sits <laughs> behind us. So every split, we'll get a new one based on who was MVP of the last season, uh, assuming that they are on board with it and their team is on board with it. So... Uh, yeah, we won't just keep cutting people's heads off. Although it's kind of funny it's, if we just get heads and we just you have, keep do you have a, do you have a recording of doing taping it? heads. Phil might. I, I don't. I don't remember. It's been... This is technically a year old now. We you, did could that. Just, you could just take the Rectus one off and put a Vitality jersey on. Well, I was debating if we should take uh, Luca's Vitality jersey and just do that before the show started. <laughs> just right now. Just right now. But I, 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 I held back, you know, for old time's sake. Um, so you have to pick an MVP. Again, I think it's easiest when you look at teams that are 2-0 rogue and vitality obviously um easy easy options there but your guys games against the straws i don't know not sure I'm well the mvp is not about like who uh who who had the, what team had the best games you know it's what player had the most impact <laughs> sure no sure sure <laughs> so you can't get who it was the oriana that was Again. consistent in that so, so, game. so who was the reason why their team won the game this week yeah. or the team that stomped both games flawlessly uh yeah yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. but like if <laughs> and, and, and like man. stomping games flawlessly is true and we already highlighted Malrang some struggles in the game so I don't know if it's Malrang this week it's like who would I take Malrang Trimby Larson maybe Domni for the Vixa King you know or Comp for his snipes like yeah. it's, yeah, it's yeah, hard yeah. to say you know? I'm not taking I'm not taking Comp for the snipes as much as I appreciate the snipes I was thinking maybe Tr- I'm not even Odo I, Larson versus Trimby is kind of where I was at on the rogue side and are we going to be three rogues in, I was I, there's in the thing, I was, I was it's, actually, it's also le- it makes it less hype if there's only from one team you know like mm-hmm. maybe bro we're just trying to pick team. the MVP 
key. If it's not hype, it's not hype. We want it like we don't want this to be key a player of the game. That's what no, we're trying but to it's avoid. like if you have like from different teams, you know, then you have like oh, then the last weeks actually matter, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like the last weeks actually matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this goes into playoffs. I should also clarify, unlike oh, the, the Pog, which is like a regular season into yeah. this goes into playoffs. So it's very unlikely a regular season team could win it. It is in theory possible, um, but this will continue into playoffs and we'll give, I think, ah. one every weekend or maybe one every best of five. So here's my pitch. Today. Here's my pitches for MVP and we can make it more of a discussion yeah, 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 kind yeah, yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. So Larson, I agree with. Sure. I actually, even though he's here, <laughs> I'm thinking perks. Sure. Bias. Uh, no, I agree. Uh, to be fair, on my list for vitality of who could get it, it was Perks or Selfmade, but then Perks totally I would say Karzi as well, perhaps, but that le- that level one versus... I, mean, I uh, think Karzi and Selfmade, well, I mean, I think everyone on the team played well. It's just like the, like, Oscar had like the the second game face check, right? And Karzi had game one face check. So it's like, I think we just had like some hiccups, but like everyone played well in general, you know? Like I think mm-hmm. our teammates, my teammates are playing super well, so I'm really happy with that. Yeah. What are you thinking? I mean, I'm kind of... God, so hard. Larson Trimby. It feels so biased Larson, to choose Trimby, Trimby, Perks. Perks next to us. I know, it's a problem. We should have made <laughs> our decision ahead of time and just voted. <laughs> yeah, we should have, yeah. Um, what do you think, Poro? Poro, who what do you think? What does think? Wait, here's... here's okay. I think it should be Perks. Wow. Wow. It's a unanimous wow, decision. So it was a Poro thing. Oh, my gosh. I, <laughs> Bro. I'm a... You did no, bring it back. Like you had the good shockwave. You had the good steal. Your scoreline's kind of deceiving because mm-hmm. you ended that game six two and five, but you were like, you got like four kills in like the last three minutes of that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like they had like twenty five kills, so I couldn't really get <laughs> any kills. <laughs> what do you mean, man? What is his logic, by the way? My score is deceiving. Well, I was just I... reading scoreline because I'm trying to remember the games, and I was like six two five. But like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like scoreline is deceiving. Like this I, is yeah, like, okay, it's like the weirdest flame I've got actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you only got four kills. Bro, what do you want from me? All right. There's I, a Jace. No, it's fine, guys. Just take a rogue, just take a rogue member, and I Trim- will be flaming you guys Trimby. in my next interview how you're a rogue biased. Trimby? <laughs> I, you're saying Trimby? I'm saying, I'm saying Trimby. I, I don't think it's you, Luke. I'm sorry. You did great this weekend. Man, I f- you. You're actually a hater. <laughs> you're just a hater. You're just a hater. You're just a hater. Bro. We have a hater over here. I think it's trim. I think it's recon game. No, then take take my teammates. Take Oscar. He stole the Baron. He did steal. Yeah, but that, the, the early game was. You you were the one. I was on the no, Oscar I, train. I was saying. I was saying. I know. I was saying my top in general was griefing early game. That's just a mm-hmm. fact. But mm-hmm. he did stole the Baron. That's why we won the game. The Diana game was really good. It's Trimbio perks. Absolutely smash. It's Trimbio perks. It's Trimbio perks. That makes it easy. Okay. okay, you guys can decide after the show. It's we're like, no, 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 no. We're just we're the, we need I'm to get it towards perks. It's like it's like really awkward now that I'm on the I, show. I don't know why. Maybe no, no, it's because no, I'm closer to him. Yeah. It's important life skill development. We need to get better at conflict. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Okay, okay. okay. We're like rock. So you're so you're arguing. <laughs> I'll be Trimby. Uh, okay, rock I, paper scissors. Oh my god. Okay, I'll guys. say perks. Rock paper scissors. Is this <laughs> how we're gonna decide you for Is this guys? Best of three. This is this award has integrity. I swear. Best of three. Uh, one, two, shoot, or one, two, three, shoot. One, two, three. One, two, hit one, three. two, three. Yeah, yeah okay. okay. One, two, three. One, <laughs> two, three. One, two, three. I'm sorry, Luca. I got absolutely demolished. You got demolished, actually. Oh, my God. I should have taken expect advice. You know, expect he's a rock, paper, scissors main. He says you always go rock at least three times in a row, and then you swap it up. It's true, yeah. I should have done the same thing. I let him down. 
Euphoria. That was, that, was cra- that was the craziest play of the. Of the of you the know what? Actually. You know what? This is the thing. This is the only game I can beat you in. By the way, for some reason, not everything else you blast me. Well, you're you're a world famous rapper, anyways. So That's true. Okay, I can beat you in a battle yeah. of freestyle. You can but, like, beat me in a rap yeah, battle. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 True, but I write usually write both sides. That's fine, guys. So I didn't want I didn't want to get MVP anyways. I'm yeah, actually, I know. I'm gonna play Janami next week, so uh, I, I I figured. Well, yeah. I mean that might be an MVP worthy performance. That's truly noble, <laughs> sacrificing yourself uh, for the team. Um, this week it's Trimby <laughs> by a close margin. Can you when you when you edit it out? Can you put like a small picture or like perks in the in the? In the <laughs> I'll put, I'll put, I'll, I will also or, drop perks. Oh, the four, crying. Oh, the four, I will four, also or, drop or perks me crying as well because of the rock paper scissors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then on. You can keep your clout on social media because people will flame me. They're going to flame you for voting Perks, or they'll flame me for making Trimby win. Or, yeah, I mean, or the entire we kind of rock, paper, scissors. You guys will both get flamed. And I will also get flamed for being like... Uh, bro, whatever. Yeah, yeah, the only exactly. one who won't you're, get flamed is the content, Luca. You yeah. keep being you, bro. I don't, I don't exactly, want anything yeah. else. The only one who doesn't get flamed is the Poro. Yeah. That's true. The Poro, to you for it. Where we decide MVPs by rock, paper, scissors. Well, yeah. Don't... Up until this moment, the the award had some integrity, but as both of us are spineless, neither one could stick our. No, nope. <laughs> I don't move. Play rock paper scissors. I don't move. Okay, well, you might not be MVP of Euphoria um, for week four yeah, because Reka's a hater. Because I'm a hater. Yeah, um, I, I already knew that. But, but, this, now, but there's an entire episode dedicated to me. Bro, what do you mean? I always yeah. flame you. I actually, I am just saying randomly. Okay, I was, like, I was like, I was like, I, was like, I, 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 ra- I actually, I, I have actually, rapped on your behalf so actually, many times. I actually have casters on mute besides Kajol. <laughs> so, so, I have casters on mute besides, besides Kajol. Kajol. <laughs> so, so I wouldn't know. Hey, to be fair, that's why we cast together. <laughs> so that we're never on mute. No, yeah, because my ego can't handle being on mute, and you're the only one people listen to. So there it is. Well, so can when Vitality play Rogue next? Uh, it's a really far away. I still can't find it. What do you? What? It's not. I don't know. I just randomly find. wanted to know. All right. Now comes the, the oh, start of it. the podcast week where five. we get to talk about you. Uh, week w- six. Week six. Week six. Do we get to cast that one? Yep. We do. We. We get to cast that one. I think. I hope. Nice. I hope we get no. to cast. That. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Not. I don't want to say we are, but if we are casting Whoever that one, that's funny. Whoever gets Vitality Rogue into I'm GT Fanatic game a few times. Huh. Oh, you're gonna do Trimby narrative I'll do Perks narrative yeah you'll be like Trimby's doing I'll be like Trimby's doing such a great job here just like in week 4 and you'll be like, <laughs> like do you see Perks is good as Perks in week 4 yeah that's, that's only what, people who watch Euphoria will understand settle the this references on the rift. Yeah. yeah 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 yeah. we'll just do a random vote who do you think was a better player in week 4 <laughs> we'll ask Twitch chat it'll be the most random yeah, question yeah minion and the Twitch chat can spam it <laughs> well, like who, who was a better player in this game Trimby or Perks yeah <laughs> that's a good one and then when Ooh. Kia Pox come up whichever team wins the other one will just say no I think it was you know Trimby from the other team or Perks anyway yeah. all right all right all right bring us back bring us back um Oof. let's talk about about you because you've been gone for a hot minute you're back and it just feels like it's always been this way to be completely honest it was weird seeing you in, in na because you're a player who i thought when you would leave it would be like you're an old man there are no hands left and you want a fatty paycheck to be completely honest with you not that there aren't a multitude of reasons to leave to na there's a lot of cool stuff going on there champions queue etc i just thought that would be i thought that would be the moment where you went but instead leaving um can you talk about that process do you want to talk about that process of leaving eu what was what was that like for you was it something that you were initially skeptical about and got excited about how did how did it feel to to leave after mm. honestly a pretty successful time obviously not as successful as um 2019 but still a pretty successful 2020 yeah definitely pretty successful yeah <laughs> pretty pretty good it's definitely pretty good yeah um i mean honestly that was like i felt like i needed a change mm. um or like i didn't really know what i needed it was like a 
uh, stressful year. I mean, like hard year for me personally as well. So I was like mm-hmm. kind of like emotional about everything basically. But I felt like I was in a way also very attached to to what I am in G2 or sure. how do I say like I was viewing myself on my successes or what I built in yeah. G2 mm-hmm. rather than what I am as like a person, right? Like uh-huh. who am I, Luca, instead of who am I, G2 perks, what I built, what I did, blah, blah, you know, in a way. And I was also just like, yeah, it felt like kind of like, how would I say, an attachment where I just felt so comfortable there uh-huh. that um, I kind of knew inside of me, like I knew I needed a change. Yeah. Um, like I, I knew it, but it was also very hard for me to do a change because I did want to, uh, have a very competitive team, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously, it's like a known fact now. I got lo- blocked from going for that or even like talking to them or anything, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was really hard for me to get a different team in Europe as well that was like going to be successful. There was like, there was a chance of getting like a very good team in Vitality as well uh, at the time. Um, but it kind of like fell apart because it was like too little too late, like basically. And I was also getting a bit blocked from it earlier as well. So yeah. it was like, I got, I was getting kind of like, um put in a very tough position yeah and then basically seen an offer came in as well i mean like many other na offers as well basically like everything almost i, yeah, think, yeah. I mean like literally everything actually um and then i was like what i want to do you know and i wanted to go to c9 because it was an amity mm-hmm. uh basically um like i i thought something that's familiar from before and have a new way of getting at it getting at it together you know would yeah. be kind of fun and also, <clears throat> I mean, it was like a couple of, th- they were like good competitive offers in NA, but I, I thought C9 was the best. Like they did go like 27 and 1 in mm-hmm. Spring Split. I thought Blower was the best in NA jungle as well. Um, I think the Botland was doing the best in NA, right? So it was like everything was did it going pretty well. And I didn't know anything about Fudge, but he turned out great, right? Yeah. Um, so I it felt like... Um, pretty good choice for me and it was good i i i did enjoy la as well like i think um it's obviously like different in berlin where i grew up kind of like you know from 16 yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i mean like it's like in the the bad shisha bars yeah yeah exactly one shower shower in the game house it's like all nostalgic feelings nasty towels yeah i feel you basically uh yeah it's like this is where i grew up so it's like i feel like it's gonna be hard for me to build a life in america now again or like i don't know if i want to right now yet yeah you know uh as well um so I, I don't know. I felt like it was a very good experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't regret it at all. Yeah. Um, and it's like, again, I'm just so blessed and lucky that in a way I got a chance, you know, to come back again. Yeah. Play with really awesome players under a great org. Um, so I think I'm like super lucky um, with how everything played out. And... It's like even like back then, like when, like I guess uh, I was looking at you know maybe we could play one more year of G two. You know, it's like yeah, it is good that I got cut off. You know, it is by far the best uh, for me. You know, I got I got so much better individually mm-hmm. as a player and a teammate. What I had to learn in NA because sure. of so many different circumstances. 
that I had to like adapt to. Yeah. That uh, the experience was so valuable for me that I would not have gotten if I was in G2. You know, if I was in G2 for one more year. Do you, um, um, sorry to interrupt, no, but do you on. feel like you were um, kind of untouchable in G2? Because you talk about building G2. And I mean, yeah. people are going to look at G2 as an organ. It now stands on its own. And credit to, to Carlos and all the other teams because it's not just League of Legends. But like when I look at the origin story of G2 and their success, it's like whatever the hell Carlos is doing in the world of business. But in the terms of esports, you... And like yeah. you built that team, like you built the reason G2 has a legacy and credit to all of the other players who have supported it along the way. But the name who stands out when we talk about G2 is you. So does it, did it feel like you were unstoppable? Like this was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It definitely felt like it, what I mentioned, it was like, I was valuing myself at like, or like in a way, you know, I was valuing myself more of like what I've achieved than what I am, you know? So, yeah. um, I don't know. I, I don't when I judge people or like say what is wrong or what is right, you know, but that is not how I want to live my life. Sure. And I'm at the point, I'm 22 now, you know, so I'm at the point where I'm actually just thinking about life, you know, as well, uh, mm -hmm. as I am, you know, still obviously a professional player and it's the best thing I can, I'm like so grateful I can do that. Like, it's, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I can't believe that I, I get to like play video games for a living. You know how like <laughs> still like I do it every day, by the way. Yeah. And I still cannot believe it. <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm generally just shocked that this is what I get to do for a living, you know? Obviously there goes lots of different thousands of things that I have to do while playing the video yeah. games, you know, as well. But it's just a great, it's honestly a, like crazy profession. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Were you, were you, and, and maybe just to say, maybe it's just saying the same thing in other words, but were you, was part of the reason you were maybe scared or hesitant to leave G2? Were you afraid that like once you left G2, it was all going to fall apart and maybe you wouldn't get back to the, the same heights of like being one of the all-time greats and you'd have to be one of those guys who was like, I was really good on G2 all those years ago. No, that was never a doubt in my mind. I wouldn't be doing good in NA or like internationally again, or like, I think it's all about mindset and about mm -hmm. like, I, I've already like changed so many teammates mm -hmm. that i know i'm good at adapting yeah. to new situations but never changing my club or my residency or living or the continent or the weather yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like the food everything you know so that was like people underestimate how hard it is or i underestimated as well i didn't know how annoying it is to like change places of living you know it is yeah. really annoying and it's really tough uh in a way so um, uh i I wasn't, I guess, really sure what I was tackling on, mm -hmm. but it, it was more like I, I didn't like, I guess I was scared of not having, yeah, as good of a teammates mm -hmm. because I really, um, I really want everybody to be really, really good at the game, you know, like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. understanding the game, understanding the flow of the game, understanding the mechanics, understanding like when to fight, how to fight, all of that. Like, uh, it's the small things that really, um, interest me about mm -hmm. the team teamwork you know the improving together and specific points and stuff and yeah as i mentioned somewhere i feel like it was like what i didn't like about na or about c9 i guess sure. is that i got there and i got plugged in in the team you know yeah I, like i came into this team into this org that's already like developed sure uh in their own way their own system let's say mm -hmm. and i just got put in there you know me and fudge got just, just place there right um so there was already like a team culture that pre-existed before i joined yeah that i didn't like uh i didn't like the way they were you know communicating with each other the way they were like treating each other i guess or like doing things mm -hmm. um 
uh, it was just like not how I envisioned it. And um, basically, I think that also got me, um, that made me be much better at adapting to different things, you know, different situations sure. and not having control over things, which I, what I was used to, right? From G to days. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I do, I do play and perform and act the best when I am able to kind of have the control, like not fully, you know, I don't have to have control over everything. Uh, I wouldn't say have control. When I have like some sort of responsibility mm-hmm. that, oh, this is what I have to do on this team. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what I want us to do. And, sure, and you have when, a say. Yeah, I have a say, right? I have a like, a, I mean, I, I'm not saying I did not say I have a say in C9, but yeah. it wasn't like, the team was already, like the team was there. I just plugged in this team, it's a new team. Like yeah, yeah. we are a new team hmm. and we have the new staff and we have the new players. And I feel like everybody's trying to find their place now. And I'm trying to help build it because I think with my experience that I, I've got, and I guess, you know, uh, the talent mm-hmm. that I have in that way as well, it's my responsibility. It's not what I actually enjoy. Like, I mean, I, I'm sometimes I was thinking in my past life, past life, past career. <laughs> wow, what am I saying? In my past career, I was thinking, I, yeah, I just wish I would play, I mean, I don't know, someone like, I don't know, Faker, Kordjie, I don't know, yeah. Achilles, like somebody who is like doing those things in his team, you know, so I don't have to do shit, you know? Like, yeah, I was yeah. thinking that, you know, but it's like, this is a bad way to think about things. Mm-hmm. This is like, you know, if God has given me this talent that I can do this and that, then why am I taking up, shying away from it, you know? This is like my, it's my responsibility to do these things and it's my, accountability hey. to do them right you're, right you're gonna own like it. i i have to i have to accept what yeah. i have to do and mm-hmm. i'm still not very good at dealing with that sometimes so i do have you know bad days times i answer badly times i do things poorly but i am aware of all that so i'm trying to improve for them for everyone. and i think that's what basically the whole change from g2 up to here right now and vitality has given me more and more and more and more perspective and that's what i why I'm grateful for all that, basically. Given the fact I can play with great teammates, experience, yeah. like it's just like yeah, yeah. it's insane. You know, my like my journey is just so <laughs> mind-boggling that I cannot believe it. It's the smile it's, you when you think about yeah, it. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it makes me really happy because I think that like this, like you've been doing this for a long freaking time now, and we've sat down at this podcast and other interviews a lot of times, and I've seen, I've seen like we talked 2017 MSI was a dark time. There've been other dark times. And I'm just like the amount of gratitude that you're expressing right now is so cool, dude. Like the fact that you can slip. Cause like there, there are so many people in esports who are, you know, comparably successful or less successful or wherever than you that have played for a long time that are just jaded as hell, mm-hmm. you know, and they're just doing it cause it's what they know they're doing it. Not because this is the thing that they love and they want to put their life into it and they want to be better at it, but because this is the best option that they have. And it's not one that they always appreciate. So I think it's super, super cool to see you, a guy who's literally been through every version, like you got blocked from teams. You, you've been like flamed to oblivion for international performances. Like you've been through probably everything imaginable in the world of esports. And you're still Yeah, like, I mean, everything yeah. besides winning the world finals, you know, yeah. it's basically like, this is the only thing I have left, you know, it's the only thing that keeps me going. Yeah. So is that yeah. is that is that the motivation? Like you're talking about all these yeah. other. Uh, I mean, I guess things. the the most like this is all the like the personal side, but I guess yeah. the business side or like the competitive side is like, I mean, I feel like the only thing I have left is to win World Trophy. This yeah. is the this is the real reason why I came back to Europe, right? This is like, I don't know if I'm ever gonna do it, but it's you know it's about the journey, it's about the process mm-hmm. that is 
sometimes outweighs the outcome, you know? So mm -hmm. basically it's about believing. For me, it's about, I want to believe in the process so that I can potentially win the World Trophy. It's like, I don't want to, I don't want to be obsessed with lifting the World Trophy because that's not great. Mm -hmm. That is very bad. I, I've been there in season nine and I was not feeling great. I can tell you that. Um, so I have a different approach and it's that's the reason why I could not stay longer in yeah. America last year. Mm. Like I, I could not see, like I could not wake up in the morning and think to myself, next year we're gonna make changes. It's gonna make us win roles. You know what I mean? Mm. Like even though I kind of did want to believe in the roles, you know, like I was playing against these other teams and in scrims and on stage, you know, FBX, you know, these teams. Yeah, yeah. Like and I was thinking, these teams are not good. They're shit, you know, like Coward is so dog shit when NA third seed can smash them, you know? Yeah. Like you, Rogue, you know, and FPX, like screaming against some other Asian teams that I'm going to mention right now, you know, we were doing fine, like at some points. Mm -hmm. Some points we sucked, some points we were doing fine. So I was thinking, like, sure, why not, you know? But after we lost, I was like, yeah, we cannot win, you know? <laughs> like yeah. we, we, like mm -hmm. I kind of woke up, you know, and I'm like, mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, if I wanna, if I actually wanna believe myself, okay, this, this surrounding, this atmosphere, this environment is gonna make me believe I can win worlds. Okay, I wanna do that. So that's why I came to Vitality. That's mm -hmm. cool. How do you, how do you look now, having been on both sides of the the EU and NA rivalry? How do you look at like the LCS in general? How do you look at this, these like import back and forth thing? Because I think for fans, it's any ver any version of meh to like this rivalry is really important to like we hate na because they keep taking our players like how, how do you feel about that now that you've been on on both sides is is na on the radar or is it just they're another mm -hmm. blocker in the way of your path to world finals? i mean uh i would like to not view na as like na more like lcs and lc you know like two different mm -hmm. leagues yeah uh rather than like nau because it would be like this is not like i don't know when I was not playing it, you know, season three, season four, NA versus EU, where it was like actually NA versus actually EU, you know? Mm, yeah, uh, yeah. Right now it's like Korea, China, Europe versus Europe, you know? <laughs> so it's yeah, like, yeah, 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 you, yeah. you're not playing like <laughs> NA versus EU. So I think people have to change that view. That's the first thing. Mm -hmm. And the second thing is like, I, I definitely had a really bad view on LCS before I went there. Yeah. But after going there, I, I don't think the league is that bad or like the top teams. Mm -hmm. I think the bottom tiers are so horrible that it's like <laughs> it is actually just like disgusting to watch like honestly yeah um uh but yeah i mean maybe it's similar in you maybe it's when i watch eu they think uh, the same you know but yeah, it's i think the difference is probably just like budget levels right top five teams like eg tsm yeah, TLC, yeah, like pretty budget. yeah, yeah, yeah. 100 thieves their budget is insane yeah, yeah like yeah. cld fly quest budget different i think in europe it's a bit more balanced I yeah would say. i would say i would say yeah it, it makes sense mm. it makes sense what you're saying uh like definitely yeah i think that's a that's a big big reasoning as well yeah but it's like top any teams like top any players they're like I still think there are worse than EU players. Mm -hmm. I think there is a gap. I, I don't think the gap is that big. I think there is some players that surprise me. Like, off the top of my head, I guess, like, Spica, FBI. Uh, th those are the two that actually, like, surprise me, right? Mm -hmm. um, in fight, surprise me as well, right? Yeah. He was on yeah. my own team. Um, so, yeah, th there is good players, you know? Like, mm -hmm. the league is... Right now, I think that right now the league is pretty interesting as well. I, th I think right now it's was super it, interesting. Was it 2019 Rift Rivals when you guys just went over there and, like, it was just... You just clap them, but now it feels like yeah, it's a lot more. They, they yeah, yeah. I think they will be much more, much more like, uh, like closer now. Yeah, 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 I yeah, think yeah. So. 
Which is sad. I mean, yeah, I would love to see that now. I think if if they can find a good spot to put it, this just like rivals must be so summer. draining, isn't it? It's like it's yeah, like, I mean, it was, it, the schedule. Was I mean, brutal. it's just like it's just how do I say? It's worthless because you like drain the players for like not actually anything. I think if they actually put like a big prize pool, let's say like they remove like. I don't know. They shortened the LLC and LCS by like mm-hmm. two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then they put a big prize pool for Reef Rivals instead of like, what was it, like 2K dollars or something back then, you know? Like, put a big prize pool. Then I think it makes it more hype, you know? Yeah. It's like, you bring hype to it. I think that could be a good tournament to here's, have. Here's my pitch, okay? I said this before, but I don't think it's ever going to happen. So you take the top five teams from the LCS and the LEC mm-hmm. in the regular season. You put them in a 10-man tournament. And that's the playoffs. So there's no LEC or LCS playoffs. That's the playoffs. And now it's called the Battle of the West. And in the top six teams go to Worlds and the winner gets a big prize pool. And then everyone can rejoice as NA and EU and say, this is the West. That just sounds like you you're know? trying to make it so that we get four EU teams and yeah, only two NA teams in me? the world. I mean, look, all I'll say is that idea is out there. League Operations team of Riot Games. <laughs> then you get five EU uh, teams, baby. <laughs> I mean, that would, or or do we get embarrassed and it's like or do two, we get embarrassed? Yeah. two EU yeah. you know? Yeah, Either I way, know. that sounds sick. I mean, I'm a fan of generally more international competition. I think it's a hard thing to do logistically, but maybe in a post-COVID world, we get to see more. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, Next year, hopefully. Talking about this Copium. team. Copium. Copium, <laughs> for sure. Um, so you think this, you, you believe in the process, you believe in the process that like, if you guys follow the process that you will become your best selves. I don't want, I don't know how to say this. You, do you believe you guys can win worlds with this team? I mean, yeah, that's the, I guess the, how they say, like, I believe that we're capable of doing, I believe everyone has the capacity mm-hmm. to be a player that can win worlds. Right. Yeah. And I think everyone has the individual skill to do that as well. Mm-hmm. And I think the players that, I have playing with right now, you know. I mean, I guess besides Labro, because he hasn't played internationally, they have yeah. proven themselves internationally already before. Sure, yeah. They have, like, I, I can see, no, I've seen what they are capable of doing, you know. They're capable of matching, not even matching, just beating the, those players, right? They are internationally known to be good, right? So I don't see a reason why we would not be able to do so, you know. I think it's just like, obviously, like thousands of small things that we have to go yeah. over, you know, communication. Map of Arnest champion pool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're a great team. They just need to work on their everything. Um, yeah, I think I saw again. I've been I was trying to catch up on all the interviews before we did this, and I, I saw one of the cards interviews. Uh, Ashley asked, like, what percentage do you think the team's at right now? He's like, oh, we're playing good, but maybe we're like fifty percent of our final strength. Is this when you look at a project like this? How do you? You said earlier that like every game matters and every every win matters. Um, how do you actually like space out and focus on what's because if Worlds is ultimately the goal, does that mean that Spring isn't as important? Like, how do you stay focused on the the next thing in front of you, whether it be playoffs or mm-hmm. finals or MSI or summer season? You know, on and on and on and on until Worlds. How do you actually stay focused on the next thing in front of you rather than just looking at like the broader picture? I mean, to me, it's kind of simple. I just want to basically like. Obviously, dubs are important, so we get to play us. But mm-hmm. what is important to me is that we try to play a lot of different styles, and then we see what is our strengths and what is our weaknesses. You know, like w- what can we buff on and what can we ha- what do we have to work on? You know, mm-hmm. and I think forcing that uh, it's like we do try a little bit now. You know, but it's like um, it is harder to experiment when you're like so. I guess like you know, if you drop games, you're like not making playoffs, you know? Mm-hmm. So you don't have I a even, safety net. Yeah, exactly. So I even think we will like start being able to see like our form in playoffs because usually in best of five, you know, you prepare, let's say, four drafts, let's say, and like three, four drafts. Mm-hmm. And then you see 
there's like different styles, right? I mean, depending on the team, if you're a good team, you try to do that. Yeah. Not every team can do that though. So there's a, there's a difference, you know, that's why some teams been best of five, some teams don't, right? Um, and then you test, you know, you play game one and you lose and you go next one, you know, you, 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 do, you, choo you, choo you choose a different one, you know, and then you kind of know what is your strength, what is your weakness. In those best of fives, you get to truly test yourself. That's mm -hmm. why the first best of fives are usually also like, I would say more flippy in a way where mm -hmm. like, oh, you don't know what enemy team prepped and you kind of don't know how you're going to do with what you do, right? So it's like... It's also a new patch. Yeah, time. exactly. It's a new patch. So it's usually the first best of five. It's also different think, scrim methods, right? Yeah, it's it's just the 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 least amount of, um, how is it called? Like showing of what the team is, you know? Like yeah, usually the, the first... The most variables, the yeah, least yeah, information. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And then after the first best of five, that's when you actually start seeing how good the team is, you know? Like yeah. the first best of five, you, you you know, you can make some narratives, you can make some hype, you know? But it's like, you don't really know how good a team is until some team has seen the other team play. And that's where you actually, you adapt. the preparation, you know? Yeah, yeah, Ooh, I like it. I yeah. like it, Best of five is your comfort zone. That's yeah, where you really yeah. want to be. I mean, this is like, this is the most fun thing about League of Legends is, career. Yeah. Like best of five is like the preparation, the mind games, the what are you going to do? What is the enemy going to do? You know, what are you going to draft? What is the enemy going to draft? Like all these things and like, okay, who is a player, you know, that they have to be scared of? Like, I know I'm a player that people have to be scared of. I've sh shown it multiple times. So that's why best of fives is what I like to do, you know? It's just and I think that especially like the biggest factor on top of all of that is like playing on a stage as well. Because yeah, I think yeah, that, the, that's the, when the, the yes, real yes, gems yes. start I to shine. I didn't even mention it. Yes, like a lot of people, like even back when you played on G2, right? Like when you were playing online, even like like 2020, basically people were starting to like match us, you know? They were like, yeah. they were fist fighting us, you know? But like on stage, we were better than them, you know? We, we knew we were, mm -hmm. like people are playing... You know, on stage, you see a true competitor, right? Yeah. So it's a different world. Yeah. I think one thing that I would love to hear from you, because I think that you're four out of the five players on your team are so incredibly, like, you know, successful in their own right. They are all EU legends in their own way. Um, I'd love to know more about Lebrov if you're if you're fine talking about him and like whatever you want to share. Because we've seen like we've seen great games from him. He was a guy that. Even when Vitality was struggling, we saw some great moments from. But he's like the rookie on a team of like all stars, right? And so I would love to know what you think makes him a good player because I think mm -hmm. that ultimately uh, this is a team where he's going to get like probably ignored in every headline until you guys like until some point win a champion or at some point or he has enough pop off plays. And I think that that's I don't know how he feels about that ultimately, but I think that's always the sad thing about these superstar studded rosters is there's like always this one or two players who get left behind. So I'd love to hear more about Lebrov. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, so it is like, yeah, I mean, all of our, all of my teammates are super good and I think Labro is also super good. And I think with him, I guess I also knew the least about him, at least about him. Right. So mm -hmm. I was very surprised with how good he is, I guess, when I started playing with him. Right. Um, I think he's very intelligent about the game and he also picks up on things super fast so it's like um like just like some small things when i mention to him or i ask him and it's like he responds very well and also he changes in the game mm -hmm. so also he's pretty communicative communic communicative but i don't know what the no, word. you got it communicative yeah, 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 yeah. that's the word so i'm just um very surprised by him. I definitely think he has 
the potential to be the best EU support. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's looking at Healy, right? Um, Healy, Miki, Kaiser, whatever, you know. Yeah, but yeah. like, I I don't think Labro is, you know, I, w- I don't know if I'm going to say he's the best right now because he yeah. has had a really good split, right? You know, but I definitely think that, you know, by any string split or summer split, he can be the guy who makes a difference, big difference yeah. in the games. Like, he is capable of doing that. So, um, it's just like a good side for me, you know, um, mm-hmm. like, and good for our team, right? Yeah. I remember the, on- the only thing I kind of knew about LeBrock before the Vitality days was just the solo killer when he had like two accounts, rank one and rank two as support, yeah, yeah. which was like, as a support, it's like, what the hell? When it's a mid laner or a jungler, you're kind of like, okay, yeah, that yeah, guy's yeah, grinding. Yeah. OP role. And then yeah, you look yeah, at yeah. where the second support is, he's like rank 31 or something. You're like... Yeah, I mean, if you're yeah. like that high on, like if you're like, you know, like one or like two or whatever, like top 10, you know, you're probably pretty good at the game, right? It's yeah. just about like sh- showing it or like learning the team, um, the way how to, how, to, how the team works, you know, yeah. how to win as a team. Yeah, I think yeah. potential is the key word. Because we saw yeah. it like last year on sure. the Vitality roster, it was struggling like, his Alistar and his Thresh and things like this where he was making plays to just kind of decide an entire win, which was such a big thing for that team, which was struggling so hard. A win was so important. Yeah, and again, I think the ability to look good on a team that is struggling like that, as Vitality had in the past, I think is impressive within its own right. But frankly, I'm just excited to see how he grows, surrounded by you guys and, and having this great team environment. Obviously, like the memes coming into this. And and actually, not even just memes. Like we were we we put it out there when we talked about it on the tier list. was like, look, tons of strong personalities here. Maybe this goes to shit. Sounds like it's going super well. Sounds like everybody's on the same page. I don't know. Like We are trying to be. Yeah. I'm not saying we all are, you know. Yeah. We always are, but we are really trying to be. So I think that's what matters. I, I can see everybody is giving their best, you know. Yeah. And we we are like, I don't know if, I don't think we're an animal, you know. Like we, we've like already had a zero three week, you know. And yeah, we've yeah. already like, we've also known each other for three months now, right. So it's mm-hmm. like we are definitely trying now, yeah. Do you feel like in terms of, is this one of the more conflict-heavy team environments that you've been in? If it's not, no, if it's not all sunshine and no, roses. No, no, this is, this is like pretty, that there is not much conflict. There is just like some, uh, a little bit of like, uh, honestly, it's like one of the least conflict teams I had actually, um, which is weird. I mean, like, you know, saying like yeah. this, this strong personality or something, but it's like, like from back in the days, I had like, Kind of like doubts about Alfari yeah, as yeah. like a player. Sure. But uh, after playing against him in NA this year, I mean, I feel like he's like became a much more, how do I say, team player in NA or like mm-hmm. stronger. Like it was really annoying to face him like uh, Barney last year in NA. Like he was always winning lane. And not only like, you know, there was this like from Misfits days, there was like, oh yeah, Barney, Alfari wins lane, lose game, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it was true. He wasn't good at transitioning leads back then. But I think his game understanding now is very high and he's he's good at like uh, leading us in the game like he's good at like telling people what to do when nobody else is doing it so i i i'm very pleasant surprising him as well yeah that's super interesting so a while ago and we've been missing this segment every episode but you brought it up we were asking and i was asking the audience do you do people feel like alfari is a good carry top laner because i remember those days I remember the misfits days where he you know would get a lead and nothing would happen with it i remember even the og days and there were a lot of other problems with og admittedly where they would like give him counter pick cannon top counter pick vein top they would throw him up there and he would build and this was on hit cannon back in the day these massive leads and never transition. Do you feel like now, like Alfari has stepped into his own and transitioning the leads? Do you feel like? I that? mean, I think it's also like uh, he's been on teams that, like, he's never had good 
like experienced players, you know. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, frankly, I feel like last year, like Gorgijev was probably the only good player he's actually played with a good player. <laughs> sorry, he's played. <laughs> no, sorry, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. played with many good, play, good player that knows how to win games. Sure. Player that is Gorgijev is a world champion, right? Yeah, yeah. He knows the fundamentals of league, the macro, the how do you how what to do to win the game, you know? Mm -hmm. And I mean, surely he must have like learned a lot from him, you know, like. Yeah because uh, he has so much experience, right? I think players who have international experience are in general much more likely to know how to win the game than the players who don't. And that's just like, it's just what it is, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. just League of Legends, man. Because <laughs> <laughs> I guess you, you scrim against so many different, like, regions with different methods, so many ways to Yeah, I mean, you, you get like, you, like in international teams, you just get like, shit on by the smallest mistake in the game. Yeah. Like, and you know, okay, this is a fundamental thing we are doing wrong. We have to change this because mm -hmm. this will pass over for like no reason at all, basically. So it's like you have to be aware, like of you know. That's why I feel like right now it's easy for me to play, you know, because I feel like I've like You've been got shit she done by so many different things, uh -huh. so many different ways that I know what I have to do. Like mm -hmm. I, I just know I oh, this I can't do. That's why I don't know. I try to avoid doing, like, I try to minimize the mistakes, right? Yeah. Yeah, because I think one mistake against, like, an LPL Chinese team, it's just, you don't think of it as a big mistake domestically. You just, like, kind of brushes off. It's yeah. like, okay, we lost a little bit, but it turns into such a big deficit from just, like, a snowball effect. Right? Yes, yes. Yeah. It's interesting. So you mentioned earlier when we were talking about kind of the more domestic thing, it's just, like, first first best of five in playoffs is, like, whatever. Second best of five is where you really feel like a team. Is it, like, another tier of finding out how good a team really is when they go to international? Is that, like, the ultimate an even greater testing ground where you get to see how strong teams really are or do we have to wait till like international best of fives to really see like the final form of anything i think international best of fives is the final form yeah yeah like for sure you are like at you have to be at your peak mm -hmm. as a team because you're just so motivated it's like there is no i don't know there's like no better feeling than like Better feeling. There's no more exciting feeling yeah, yeah. than like preparing for a best of five against another international team and knowing you're gonna be playing on stage in front of crowd. Sure, the last part might not happen. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. The yeah, first yeah. part is already pretty exciting, right? But like second, like if if it's together, like then you see the true peak. Like that's that's just it, you know. Yeah. Uh, that's you, that's I mean, where the you, magic happens. Like yeah. you get the glory moments. That's where like you know the yeah. narrative really hits home because you can make like history, right? So I mean, yeah. Even like I am, I have no idea because I don't know how much you can hear in your headset. But like whenever we talk about crowds, I just get, I get chills and I get sad. At the same <laughs> yeah. Time. The funny you know thing is I mean? that when you say that, I remember you had that one interview on stage. I don't know who it was against, but you were saying to the crowd like, "You guys are too loud." Like <laughs> you can hear it in the headset or something like yeah, this. I remember I mean, it's, seeing it's this happened, interview, yeah. and I was like, "Damn." But yeah, there's that feeling. I think players get it too because you get it in casting where you're, whatever you're saying is a hundred times more hype. And I'm sure for you, whatever you're doing is a hundred times more hype. Because yeah. when you solo I mean, kill I remember, someone. I remember my first game, my first best of five against Origin, like six years ago. Like I was playing like Zed and LeBlanc like on this final stage. Like it was just like the best time of my life. I actually, like I was having so much fun, you know? Yeah. Just like solo killing people. It's like people. you and Trick just popping off. Yeah. Right? I mean, I was like solo diving in a mid -layer level six. And then I could hear like the, the crowd, you know, like. Yeah. <laughs> like, whoa. <laughs> you know? It just, it just feels so good, you know? Like oh, yeah. uh, this is like the moments that I want to like relive basically. Yeah. Yeah. Unleashed crowd fingers crossed for crowd soon potentially copium we'll find out this is not confirmation or deconfirmation of anything but hopefully crowd soon because as a caster it's also that is the peak for casting i'm sure it's the peak for playing too when you 
have the roar of the crowd behind you. So you're feel. looking at me like you've cast in front of crowd. I want, you've played I, because in I know, I know, I know, I'm just sitting here like, I'm not doing this to <laughs> roast you. I'm not doing it to roast you. I'm, just, I'm looking at you because I want, like, I feel so much joy when I think about these moments. And I, and I can tell Luca that you do too. And I want you to experience it. Yeah. I'm not trying to meme your pro career, but I want you to have that as a caster because yeah. there is, there's another level. Yeah. You know, like this yeah. is the super saiyan of casting and people think that they've touched it because they've had a good game or you've cast a crazy back and forth base race. But like, you have not cast anything until you've cast it for a live yeah. crowd. I, I, I think. I think that is like that is the pinnacle. Pinnacle for playing. It's all the experience of like pinnacle being for at the event and stuff, right? It's and just yeah. Yeah. truly the greatest thing. Um, <laughs> I'm excited for this weekend. Hi, Vital Excel matchup, Fanatic matchup. How are you feeling about this weekend? It feels like you guys are outside of week one and maybe a bit of a struggle against um, Astralis. It feels like you guys have just been steadily improving. Are you confident mm-hmm. in both the games? Uh, so I would not say. For example, I'm super confident for this week because the patch has changed. Yeah. Um, and so it just depends how much we want to experiment. And because let's say if it's a previous patch right now and we play against Fnatic on this current patch, mm-hmm. I will be like actually like 90% confident we're gonna win. Like, nice. Okay. Yeah. Like, but since this is a new patch right now, and we are basically looking to shift some priors, you know, mm-hmm. um, it is not. I can't say with sheer confidence yeah we're gonna shit stomp them you know because that's not true it depends who's gonna be the best one on this current page right now in this next few days and mm-hmm. figure out the, the things the fastest i do think we have a good chance of beating both of these teams especially fanatic as well right yeah uh even if it's new patch but i it won't be like oh yeah you I know mean, we will see maybe it's gonna be easy maybe not but i can't say yeah we're gonna smash them because changes are important i mean frankly i'm just ready to see what the team can do and how you guys can grow. I think we have a lot of banging matchups next week. Mad versus G2, always interesting, even if it's not quite what it once not was. Quite the same. Vitality, Fnatic, good overall. Maybe Astralis can beat Rogue. That would be great. That would be my favorite, <laughs> favorite timeline. Exactly inverted score lines. <laughs> I think it's an absolute banger. Uh, Mark, what are you most excited for this week before we close out? What, are, what is, what's interesting you the most? Is it new patch, mid laner nerfs? What's, uh, what's getting you going? Uh, yeah, I guess new patch because I think a lot of the OPs got changed. I want to say nerfed, but kind of changed. Like Corky, I don't know where he's going to be in people's prior anymore because like Herald 8 minutes, Package 8 minutes, but now it's 10. Yeah, yeah. Um, And it's also 5 minutes uh, cooldown. So basically, you cannot have Package on every dragon. You can choose what dragon you want to have it on, Mm, but it's not mathematically possible to have it on each dragon because it lasts for one minute and it's cooldown 5 minutes. So it's 6 minutes, right? So it's like, that's why it was so OP last patch as well, I think. Yeah, uh, we will see though how it turns out. Yeah. And there was a lot of mid laners who just like casually picked it up when there was no objective. Sometimes and you're like, why did he pick up his package? I guess that maybe yeah. maybe it's a buff to those players. But anyway, uh, yeah, I don't know how this patch is going to play out. Neither do I. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, Luca, any final words for Vitality fans, Perks fans out there before we close out the episode? Hmm. I mean, yeah. Uh, I really hope that um, Vitality here, Vitality, we can get them many more fans. You know. Yeah. Um, because we, um, I, I know Vitality hasn't had much success in the last years in league. Um, <laughs> so we are here looking to change that. Uh, and yeah, to any of, uh, to all of my fans that have watched me or followed me for a long time, um, you know, just like, thank you for sticking up with me. I am currently really enjoying myself again in the middle and in the LEC, um, in this team as well with great teammates surrounding me. And yeah, I, I'm, I feel quite good right now and I feel like my performance is really, really good. So I'm hoping I can keep this up. Sometimes I have like problems with like being super consistent all the time, but I think this year I'm changing enough of it 
So I am definitely on an up, uh, how is it called? Upward trend. Upward, Upward trend. Yeah, Upward exactly. trajectory. That's awesome. Awesome, dude. Thank you so much for coming on. This has been a banging episode. I missed having people in studio. You were a fantastic first guest to have back in person. Luther. Thank you thank very you. much. Thank you for talking. You guys so were a fantastic host to have uh, <laughs> first so, time as well. So good. Besides, just, the, the, just... besides the fact that Drake was the biggest hater. Yeah, uh, he's less of a fantastic host. He's the guy who goes. He's the guy who goes on Reddit, and he got like he makes like a post when after I have like one bad game. Accountability. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or like perks is so worse. But like, even though it runs it down five games in a row, and then. You can clearly see human who doesn't care about regular season. <laughs> Perks <laughs> runs in one game. Oh, God, this guy is so much so disgusting, bad player. Like, so much. I mean, it's true. You're, dude, how, how dare you? How dare how you? Dare you? How dare you, you have a bad game? Okay. How dare you set foot on this? I, as a C9. Wait, okay, wait. No, oh, the classic one when you were like 100 CS up. Oh, it's just a matchup. <laughs> <laughs> it's just how the matchup goes, yes. <laughs> well, I'll continue my crusade of posting bad Reddit comments about Perks and giving other people <laughs> on many different accounts. Accounts on VPNs. <laughs> on different accounts, on VPNs, on this podcast, you'll never get an MVP as long as I live. But <laughs> you'll never prove it. <laughs> Regardless, uh, excited for week five and anything that can happen in week five and some of our banger matchups. Thanks again for coming on, Perks. This has been Euphoria Season 9, Episode 5. We'll see you guys this weekend for LEC and next weekend for Episode 6. Next week for Episode 6. 